Welcome to the 15th episode of Bandwidth. My name is Queen Rafi and this is my podcast Queen Rafi Space. And on this episode, I spoke with Dayo Moyo, who I have known to be a very passionate teacher. He started a Telegram school and he goes ahead to tell me what he learns from these children and also how teachers can utilize this particular period to be better and prepare for when the pandemic is over. Do listen in. My guest today is Dayo Moyo. He's somebody that I really respect because of his passion for teaching and just wanting to transform minds. He is also a podcaster. He has a podcast which is educationally inclined. Yeah, it's called This is the Future Podcast. Welcome to the show, Dayo. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so my name is Dayo Moyo and I am the co-founder of Club 20Z Learning Space. And also, I'm the host of This is the Future podcast, as you've said, and I'm also the convener of something we call the Future Exclusive Club, which is like a an association of students, and we try to mentor them, um, help them groom their talent, and just give nice. them a platform to um, express themselves. Dio, the first time that I met you, and you, we sort of met on Facebook, and you wanted me to help go through some podcast uh, questions and stuff. The first thing that strikes me was that you spoke about the fact that you know that you were put on this earth to be a teacher. At, w- at what point did you get that realization? Yeah. Because in this age and time and in Nigeria, I don't think many people wake up and say, yeah, I think my life passion or my life's purpose is to be a teacher. At what point did you get to that realization? All right. So all my life, my mom has been a teacher and not just a teacher. All my life, my mom had owned a school. In fact, that was the only primary school I attended. So the school started with me. Um, and then that is what my life was all about. And, you know, after secondary school or some during breaks and holidays, we go to mom's school to kind of teach and help out. And um, teaching them wasn't really special. So I just teach the students or the children. That's all. Then after secondary school, um, into the university. After university, there was um, the NYC teaching in school and the rest. That was when it began to make something to me, but it still wasn't what I wanted to spend my life doing. And then after finishing NYSC, I remember one day, I can never forget that day, um, a friend of mine, um, his name is Thank God eBay. He's a choleric, so he's someone that if you give him an idea, it's like, let's do it now, now, now. We decided to um, do a kind of talk in schools. Um, The title of the talk was Be the Best You Can Be. And so after this day, we've gone to a school, we've spoken to the students. It was something exciting. They were happy. The students asked questions. And I can remember we in his mom shop, we're like, oh, after all this, what's next? And we're like, after all the impact we've done in this children's life, we probably would never see them again. So my friend said, why not start a tutorial class so we'll be able to mentor these children because they would be with us for a longer period of time. And to cut this long story short, that is how we started. Now, when we started that tutorial, I discovered that I've got a gift of explaining concepts in a very simple way. And um, because of my type of temperament, I'm not the average teacher that would always force kids and beat them. I've got more patience as as a phlegmatic, and then I'm always prone to motivating them to to learn and trying to make learning interesting so 
as I poured my out my heart out into the children, they reciprocated because it's like this is not our average teacher. And before you know it, I discovered that that is the only thing that gives me joy. I do. We did Saturday free class for them. I can teach from morning to 8 p.m. non-stop. Many times, I'm not even saying I can. I usually do that, and it gives me joy. I'm very patient with the students. They can come again and again. I don't understand. I don't understand, and I'm not frowning inside of me. It's a joy to be able to help them understand the concept. And long story short, I discovered and I believe that this was what I was born to do. I'm not doing it. There is the money part which must come, but I'm not doing it primarily for the money. If I was doing it primarily from the money, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. This is what I've done all my life. I've never held any other job. This is what I've been doing. This is what I do. This is what I believe I will do for a very long time. I don't know if I can do anything else. And the other part is that I'm a very, I'm, I'm very bad at multitasking. I'm someone who is very focused. So it does not give me the opportunity to even try my hands in other things the way some other people will be able to do. So very focused on what I'm doing. And I'm very, very happy. It's what gives me joy every day of my life. I'm smiling over here because you don't hear a lot of people get to that point in their life where they know that even if this thing doesn't pay me, I'm happy doing it. That is like the height of understanding what your purpose is. My mom listens to all my episodes and she's going to be really happy about this one because she is also a teacher and she exudes that same patience and just wanting to be there and repeating it over and over again and i think that is something that not a lot of people get i don't think i can be a teacher me that somebody not get something one two i'm, I'm already screaming like a mad person yeah. so that point where you raise that you're very patient you you want to tell them over and over again i think that is just what unlocks the fact that you were born and made to do this so let's get to another aspect of your life i've noticed a lot dio is the kind of person who is very big on transformation of young minds. Why is that important to you? Oh, that's very important. As I look at my own life, sometimes I think I shouldn't be a science student. Um, the reason for that is I'm very passionate about writing. I'm very passionate about spoken word poetry. Um, currently, I do spoken word on my on my podcast and. Um, I write for my students. I started a series for them. So it's fiction and non-fiction. I love reading. It's something that comes natural to me. I don't need to force myself. I love reading both fiction, non-fiction, and the rest of that. So I feel I should be or should have been an art student. But the I think the pain for me was that I love mathematics too. And naturally, when you love mathematics, people feel you are a science student. And so I went to science department. And... Um, because of that, I was unable to um, work on my own gift as I, I should have been able to, coupled with the fact that I'm from a very private family. So even when I started spoken word poetry, unlike someone else who his parents would probably allow them to go for spoken word events, um, which was mostly in the evening and many times on the island, 
I wasn't given that opportunity. And um, so I believe that young people, and I'm someone who also watched so many of all these master chef where I see very young children, seven, eight, doing wonders with food. I watch AGT, I see very young children, 15 years old, they've mastered the guitar. And I feel that in this part of the world, children are not given that opportunity. They are very shallow. You, re- you need to read the average Nigerian essay, very shallow, as if they are not exposed to books, they are not exposed to experiences and um, this has gone a long way so when we started the tutorial we started something on the side in which these children come on Saturdays and we just speak with them so we then started what we call Privacity Conference Privacity Conference is like a yearly event where um, prospective undergraduates we gather them together we speak about so many things the last one we did last year we talked about finding discovering purpose and the rest of that but even after that we then started something we call Value Plus Initiative. Now, Value Plus Initiative is a um, a kind of every Saturday um, gathering of young people, and it's like an internship. So we teach them skills like graphic design and the rest of that. And when we came to the online school, on the side too, we started um, a separate group where students um, kind of showcase their talents and the rest of that. Now, there is a comment I received yesterday from a child, I think in SS1, that encapsulates everything I want to say and put everything together. She said, thank you so much for showcasing my work on the Daily Voice Notes group. That's the name of the group. She said, you made me feel special. I love you so much. And that is the thing. Many youths in this part of the world do not have the opportunity to express themselves. And because of that, even though they have gifts and talents, number one, they don't even have the opportunity to discover it. Number two, the society does not help them to groom it. And what that means is that this talent die with them is the loss of the children but more important but more importantly is the loss of the society mm-hmm. so i believe that if i'm if by god's grace i'm given the opportunity to help these children I, I was amazed by their gift you you can't imagine from scratch programming animation gymnastics it's just so many things that you wouldn't have imagined these children have and they are able to exp- and they are very happy like even on the group no, there is no comment though it's a closed group so i just post their gifts and talents on fridays nobody comments but the fact that they can see the gifts and talents and they know like two three hundred or that students can see it is something special to them and this is what they are currently doing every week they work on their gift and talent i read a book that says it takes about ten thousand hours for you to master any skill and if we don't give our children the opportunity to kind of spend that ten thousand hours on a skill and a talent they have we would not have um, gifted students or gifted children express and get to that peak of their gift and talents where it can even reward the country, the society, and the continent at large. It's something very important to me and it's something hopefully I hope to make something big of. You are lighting up a candle in your own little corner and you're sparking up different kinds of fire. And I'm not even, I'm not sure that you yourself have fully grasped the idea of what you're doing. Because when you, I've always, I did not even know the extent of these things, but I have seen you talk about your students so much on WhatsApp and other places. And I was like, you're so really big on transformation of minds. And you're right. We have lots of amazing children in Nigeria, but because we focus too much on just focus on your math and English, some of these talents die. So 
people that should have been great footballers, people that should have been great dancers, great chefs. We kill them just because we want them to focus on English and mathematics. And what you're doing is, is amazing. Thank you. People would say that teaching and trying to educate people and everything that you do is a thankless job. Do you agree? No, I don't. think that society underestimates the value of teachers. And I also think that, and it's not peculiar to Nigeria alone, in even advanced countries, we underestimate the value of teachers. But this is the way I see it. I'm not going to put in sentiment and say teachers should be paid so, so, so amount. I think the problem is more of an economic problem more than a society problem or a cultural problem. And this is what I mean by that. For example, if we take Nigeria as a case study, the um, Nigeria ranking system, education ranking system, this is how it goes. University, Polytechnic, College of Education. Now, what do you need to go to a College of Education? You just need to score probably 115 your UTME. That's like a fail, she? less than average. So in the mm. first place, the teaching professor have been kind of casting dust, like we've diminished it. That's the beginning. Now, after we've, we come out with the BED or whatsoever, BSc, now we've got many people who went for engineering, who went for mathematics, who went for whatsoever, and they didn't get job. What is the last resort? Teaching. Okay? So we have so many people available to teach. What that does in economics is that supply becomes more than demand. And anytime supply becomes more than demand, prices crash. So it then means that salary of teachers crash. That's the first reason. And in this part of the world, money is kind of about the worth of, of, of the profession. And that is why you discover that teachers are not really appreciated of that value system. If we put some constraints in society the way Finland, a country like Finland does, you begin to see that the prices or the salary of teachers will move up. And if we put this constraint on society, we we'll discover that teachers will be more valuable and they will be more appreciated, at least monetarily. Yeah. Okay, I see your point. I see your point. And it actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, everybody, once you cannot find a job in Nigeria, they're like, I'm going to find one teaching job now. So once exactly. everybody is available for it and nobody is really putting in structures or standards, of course, I mean, nobody is going to say if you don't get a job, go and become an engineer. Definitely. So that, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, this coronavirus period has been one of the toughest and the most difficult thing that has happened to the world. But also, I feel like teachers are so of the people who are suffering the most from this and the students as well because schools have been closed and everybody has to be at home but you decided you didn't just want the children to be idle you started a telegram school right yes what has been your experience so far with the telegram school wow it's it's been something i would never ever trade for the world it's been a life-changing experience for me personally as a teacher it's helped me to begin to um put a grip on things i took for granted before so at a point at the peak of the project we had over sometimes over 2,000, 3,000 students um, learning actively on any given day. Um, so it, it was a very big project. And then um, we had to obviously do with many volunteers, hundreds of volunteers on the platform. But my biggest takeaway from the whole experience is number one, 
that um, sometimes the fact that you can see a child before you, we kind of um, allow some sentiments enter um, our mind and it hinders us from giving our best to those students. I'm going to explain. Now, on a platform like Telegram, number one, you don't see the child. Number two, you probably would not even hear the child's voice. The only thing you can see is the person's chat, which is like the person's content. Now, because of that, you are only judging the child by whether he knows or he doesn't know something. Now, what happens is that when you now see the child, you are very surprised and you cannot kind of, um, you cannot put the person's face on the person's content. And because of that, you give the child to either make or, or break. And when that happens, teaching is turned upside down because now you are giving the child to the opportunity to express himself. Now, all those, I've, I'm just trying to give theory. Let me explain what I mean. So at the end of our WhatsApp school, we asked the student to send in a video of them. And then someone sent in a video. And this boy was someone who was a natural leader on the platform. He's someone that always, even at the time I told him, Yusuf, take the class. And he took it perfectly. Now he sent in his video. And then I saw Yusuf, very smallish. In my mind, he, he, should, he was someone that was supposed to be very big, a kind of martial. But this guy was a very smallish guy and then he was talking very collected i couldn't put his his gift of leadership with his face and because of that i gave him the opportunity to express what he has within him that is my biggest takeaway from the hmm. platform the second takeaway is that my students helped me to discover the power of love Normally, as the kind of person I am, I love my students. They know I love them. I stay with them. I help them. I try. They say to me, um, Mr. Dayo, can we come on Saturday? And they are not paying me for it. I say, come on Saturday. Let me help you learn this thing and the rest of that. But I would not tell them I love you. And all of a sudden, on WhatsApp and Telegram, I started sending, I love you, I love you, I love you. And before you know it, I began to notice that this means the world to the children because it's as if I never knew this before. The world is starved of love and the children are mostly affected. And so it became a big deal to them. And I said in one of the episodes of my podcast, I was, one of them sent me a message and she was like, she said um, she wanted to sleep and she remembered how I usually tell of you every time I send them a voice note. And then it came to a knowledge that I was the only one that used to tell her or that has ever told her, I love you. And then she wept. Someone sent me a message, a more older person yesterday. I usually send um, the a series. It's just like a fiction. But at the end of it, I always put, um, Dayo Moyo, I love you so much. But yesterday I was so engaged and I did not put I love you. And the person sent me a message and like, um, sir, you did not put I love you at the end of this story. Hope there is no problem. Like something I never even thought of. Another person sent me a message. He said, it's been three days now and you've not told me I love you. So I began to understand that that four letter words law meant the whole world to these children and when they begin to understand that you care for them intimately they want to make you happy and they go the extra length not to make you unhappy about them and that's something this online school has taught me Dario, when i wanted to do this interview i didn't think i was going to get emotional but right now speaking to you i am having tears from my eyes i'm trying to put it together so i don't cry all over this episode but 
hearing you talk about these children and talk about your passion and how you want to transform minds, it just makes me understand that we need more people like you. And I am really grateful that I know you. And I want to tell you that please continue to do your best for these children, whichever way that you can. And I know, I know that one day you're going to be so amazed and so happy that you gave yourself to this cause because things like this never ever go up i'm just blown away i have tears in my eyes you talking about the power of love and i think this just goes to show that we as people as as adults that have grown up it's time for us to actually you know be more be more connected to these children there is a spoken word that you had on your podcast that really really touched me where you were talking about the fact that, oh, we're always saying children don't have problem, they don't have problem. What are you complaining about? You know, you have food, you have this, but they might have issues that we don't know about because we've just assumed that children don't have issues. And it is really, really profound. Thank you so much for all that you do, Dayo. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Queen. I really appreciate Do you have any advice for teachers out there? Because there are a lot of teachers out there right now who this coronavirus period is really heavy on their minds and they're not able to do anything else. What advice would you have for them, please? All right, so the first thing in this period is survivor. That's just the, the, the basic thing. So they need to find a way to survive. But going forward, I feel I was speaking with an educator yesterday and he asked me this question. I feel the education space would be changed um, more or less. We, we don't really know. But look inward and be ready and willing to invest in themselves. Learn digital skill, upskill yourself and um, try to make sure that you would be relevant when that change comes. If not, your job becomes irrelevant and then you will be laid off. Okay, so someone asked that, how can teachers have multiple streams of income, especially after this pandemic? And I said that there are a number of um, passive income opportunities here and everywhere. But if I want to zero it on in the education sphere, there are two major ways. Now, EdTech has begun, a form of EdTech is beginning to move up. Um, I'm talking about companies like Ulessin, greatly.ng in which they are trying to employ teachers on as part-time to be able to teach students and then they give them a cut. That is an opportunity. Now, the second opportunity is that before the pandemic, Nigeria has not been known to have indigenous video content, educational video content. But now that the pandemic has come, it's going to be an opportunity after the pandemic. So if you can create video content and host it on YouTube and then build a traffic around it, it's going to pay big time. Both preteen, um, I mean pre, what do they call them, daycare and the rest, um, primary school, secondary school, even people that are almost going into the university, it's going to be a huge opportunity. There are very little competition currently. Go on YouTube. All you continually see is um, content, especially from India and probably America. So we need to create um, indigenized Nigeria localized content. And I think that is a very big opportunity. Personally, that's an opportunity I'm willing to put my money on. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Dio. Thank you for being an amazing guest. Thank you for everything that you do and my love to your children and your telegram school. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Queen. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the 
end of this particular episode with Dio Moyo. I hope that you learned something from it and that you take away that children can also have problems and we can try as much as possible in our own little corner to be there for them. Also, as a teacher, please don't be distraught. Don't be um, depressed. I know that the times are going to be better and you can utilize um, some of the things that Dio spoke about to just get yourself prepared for when this pandemic is over because we don't know how the educational sector is going to change but if you're prepared of course you would you'll be at a better advantage thank you so much for listening and please share with every single teacher that you know as well as your family and friends if you're listening via apple podcast please leave a review and if you want to support the podcast as well you can do that using my shukran link just send me a tip 100 200 500 whichever one i'll be grateful you did okay thank you so much for listening you're going to find my use shukran link that you can send me tips via in the show notes as well as Dayo Moyo's podcast link his podcast is really amazing has a lot of spoken words and a lot of educational content that i'm sure that both you and your children if you have any would benefit from or if you know any children around thanks for listening and have yourself a fantastic weekend